section fifty masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain the training of negroes for social reform by w e burckhardt du bois ph d editor and founder the crisis responsibility for their own social regeneration ought to be placed largely upon the shoulders of the negro people but such responsibility must carry with it a grant of power responsibility without power is a mockery and a farce if therefore the american people are sincerely anxious that the negro shall put forth his best efforts to help himself they must see to it that he is not deprived of the freedom and power to strive the responsibility for dispelling their own ignorance implies that the power to overcome ignorance is to be placed in black men's hands the lessening of poverty calls for the power of effective work and the responsibility for lessening crime calls for control over social forces which produce crime such social power means assuredly the growth of initiative among negroes the spread of independent thought the expanding consciousness of manhood and these things to-day are looked upon by many with apprehension and distrust men openly declare their design to train these millions as a subject caste as men to be thought for but not to think to be led but not to lead themselves those who advocate these things forget that such a solution flings them squarely on the other horn of the dilemma such a subject child race could never be held accountable for its own misdeeds and shortcomings its ignorance would be part of the nation's design its poverty would arise partly from the direct oppression of the strong and partly from thriftlessness which such oppression breeds and above all its crime would be the legitimate child of that lack of self-respect which caste systems engender such a solution of the negro problem is not one which the saner sense of the nation for a moment contemplates it is utterly foreign to american institutions and is unthinkable as a future for any self-respecting race of men the sound afterthought of the american people must come to realize that the responsibility for dispelling ignorance and poverty in uprooting crime among negroes cannot be put upon their own shoulders unless they are given such independent leadership in intelligence skill and morality as will inevitably lead to an independent manhood which cannot and will not rest in bonds let me illustrate my meaning particularly in the matter of educating negro youth the negro problem it has often been said is largely a problem of ignorance not simply of illiteracy but a deeper ignorance of the world and its ways of the thought and experience of men an ignorance of self and the possibilities of human souls this can be gotten rid of only by training and primarily such training must take the form of that sort of social leadership which we call education to apply such leadership to themselves and to profit by it means that negroes would have among themselves men of careful training and broad culture as teachers and teachers of teachers there are always periods of educational evolution when it is deemed quite proper for pupils in the fourth reader to teach those in the third 
but such a method wasteful and ineffective at all times is peculiarly dangerous when ignorance is widespread and when there are few homes and public institutions to supplement the work of the school it is therefore of crying necessity among negroes that the heads of their educational system the teachers in the normal schools the heads of high schools the principals of public systems should be unusually well-trained men men trained not simply in common school branches not simply in the technique of school management and normal methods but trained beyond this broadly and carefully into the meaning of the age whose civilization it is their peculiar duty to interpret to the youth of a new race to the minds of untrained people such educational leaders should be prepared by long and rigorous courses of study similar to those which the world over have been designed to strengthen the intellectual powers fortify character and facilitate the transmission from age to age of the stores of the world's knowledge not all men indeed not the majority of them only the exceptional few among american negroes or among any other people are adapted to this higher training as indeed only the exceptional few are adapted to higher training in any line but the significance of such men is not to be measured by their numbers but rather by the numbers of their pupils and followers who are destined to see the world through their eyes hear it through their trained ears and speak to it through the music of their words such men teachers of teachers and leaders of the untaught atlanta university and similar colleges seek to train we seek to do our work thoroughly and carefully we have no predilections or prejudices as to particular studies or methods but we do cling to those time-honoured sorts of discipline which the experience of the world has long since proven to be of especial value we sift as carefully as possible the student material which offers itself and we try by every conscientious method to give to students who have character and ability such years of discipline as shall make them stronger keener and better for their peculiar mission the history of civilization seems to prove that no group or nation which seeks advancement and true development can despise or neglect the power of well-trained minds and this power of intellectual leadership must be given to the talented tenth among american negroes before this race can seriously be asked to assume the responsibility of dispelling its own ignorance upon the foundation stone of a few well-equipped negro colleges of high and honest standards can be built a proper system of free common schools in the south for the masses of the negro people any attempt to found a system of public schools on anything less than this on narrow ideals limited or merely technical training is to call blind leaders for the blind the very first step toward the settlement of the negro problem is the spread of intelligence the first step toward wider intelligence is a free public school system and the first and most important step toward a public school system is the equipment and adequate support of a sufficient number of negro colleges these are first steps and they involve great movements first the best of the existent colleges 
must not be abandoned to slow atrophy and death as the tendency is to-day secondly systematic attempt must be made to organize secondary education below the colleges and connected with them must come the normal and high schools judiciously distributed and carefully manned in no essential particular should this system of common and secondary schools differ from educational systems the world over their chief function is the quickening and training of human intelligence they can do much in the teaching of morals and manners incidentally but they cannot and ought not to replace the home as the chief moral teacher they can teach valuable lessons as to the meaning of work in the world but they cannot replace technical schools and apprenticeship in actual life which are the real schools of work manual training can and ought to be used in these schools but as a means and not as an end to quicken intelligence and self-knowledge and not to teach carpentry just as arithmetic is used to train minds and not skilled accountants whence now is the money coming for this educational system for the common schools the support should come from local communities the state governments and the united states government for secondary education support should come from local and state governments and private philanthropy for the colleges from private philanthropy and the united states government i make no apology for bringing the united states government in thus conspicuously the general government must give aid to southern education if illiteracy and ignorance are to cease threatening the very foundations of civilization within any reasonable time aid to common school education could be appropriated to the different states on the basis of illiteracy the fund could be administered by state officials and the results and needs reported upon by united states educational inspectors under the bureau of education the states could easily distribute the funds so as to encourage local taxation and enterprise and not result in pauperizing the communities as to higher training it must be remembered that the cost of a single battleship like the massachusetts would endow all the distinctively college work necessary for negroes during the next half-century and it is without doubt true that the unpaid balance from bounties withheld from negroes in the civil war would with interest easily supply this sum but spread of intelligence alone will not solve the negro problem if this problem is largely a question of ignorance it is also scarcely less a problem of poverty if negroes are to assume the responsibility of raising the standards of living among themselves the power of intelligent work and leadership toward proper industrial ideals must be placed in their hands economic efficiency depends on intelligence skill and thrift the public school system is designed to furnish the necessary intelligence for the ordinary worker the secondary school for the more gifted workers and the college for the exceptional few technical knowledge and manual dexterity in learning branches of the world's work are taught by industrial and trade schools and such schools are of prime importance in the training of colored children trade teaching cannot be effectively combined with the work of the common schools because the primary curriculum is already too crowded and thorough common school training should precede trade teaching it is however quite possible to combine some of the work of the secondary schools with purely technical training the necessary limitations being matters of time and cost for example the question whether the boy can afford to stay in school long enough to add parts of a high school course to the trade course 
and particularly the question whether the school can afford or ought to afford to give trade training to high school students who do not intend to become artisans a system of trade schools therefore supported by state and private aid should be added to the secondary school system an industrial school however does not merely teach technique it is also a school a centre of moral influence and of mental discipline as such it has peculiar problems in securing the proper teaching force it demands broadly trained men the teacher of carpentry must be more than a carpenter and the teacher of the domestic arts more than a cook for such teachers must instruct not simply in manual dexterity but in mental quickness and moral habits in other words they must be teachers as well as artisans it thus happens that college-bred men and men from other higher schools have always been in demand in technical schools if the college graduates were to-day withdrawn from the teaching force of the chief negro industrial schools nearly every one of them would have to close its doors these facts are forgotten by such advocates of industrial training as oppose the higher schools strong as the argument for industrial schools is and its strength is undeniable its cogency simply increases the urgency of the plea for higher training schools and colleges to furnish broadly educated teachers but intelligence and skill alone will not solve the southern problem of poverty with these must go that combination of homely habits and virtues which we may loosely call thrift something of thrift may be taught in school more must be taught at home but both these agencies are helpless when organized economic society denies to workers the just rewards of thrift and efficiency and this has been true of black laborers in the south from the time of slavery down through the scandal of the freedmen's bank to the peonage and crop lean system of to-day if the southern negro is shiftless it is primarily because over large areas a shiftless negro can get on in the world about as well as an industrious black man this is not universally true in the south but it is true to so large an extent as to discourage striving in precisely that class of negroes who most need encouragement what is the remedy intelligence not simply the ability to read and write or to sew but the intelligence of a society permeated by that larger vision of life and broader tolerance which are fostered by the college and university not that all men must be college-bred but that some men black and white must be to leaven the ideals of the lump can any serious student of the economic south doubt that this to-day is her crying need ignorance and poverty are the vastest of the negro problems but to these later years have added a third the problem of negro crime that a great problem of social morality must have become eventually the central problem of emancipation is as clear as day to any student of history in its grosser form as a problem of serious crime it is already upon us of course it is false and silly to represent that white women in the south are in daily danger of black assaulters on the contrary white womanhood in the south is absolutely safe in the hands of ninety-five per cent of the black men ten times safer than black womanhood is in the hands of white men nevertheless there is a large and dangerous class of negro criminals paupers and outcasts the existence and growth of such a class far from causing surprise should be recognized as the natural result of that social disease called the negro problem nearly every untoward circumstance known to human experience has united to increase negro crime the slavery of the past the sudden 
emancipation the narrowing of economic opportunity the lawless environment of wide regions the stifling of natural ambition the curtailment of political privilege the disregard of the sanctity of black men's homes and above all a system of treatment for criminals calculated to breed crime far faster than all other available agencies could repress it such a combination of circumstances is as sure to increase the numbers of the vicious and outcast as the rain is to wet the earth the phenomenon calls for no delicately drawn theories of race differences it is a plain case of cause and effect but plain as the causes may be the results are just as deplorable and repeatedly to-day the criticism is made that negroes do not recognize sufficiently their responsibility in this matter such critics forget how little power to-day negroes have over their own lower classes before the black murderer who strikes his victim to-day the average black man stands far more helpless than the average white and too suffers ten times more from the effects of the deed the white man has political power accumulated wealth and knowledge of social forces the black man is practically disfranchised poor and unable to discriminate between the criminal and the martyr the negro needs the defence of the ballot the conserving power of property and above all the ability to cope intelligently with such vast questions of social regeneration and moral reform as confronting if social reform among negroes be without organization or trained leadership from within if the administration of law is always for the avenging of the white victim and seldom for the reformation of the black criminal if ignorant black men misunderstand the functions of government because they have had no decent instruction and intelligent black men are denied a voice in government because they are black under such circumstances to hold negroes responsible for the suppression of crime among themselves is the cruelest of mockeries on the other hand a sincere desire among the american people to help the negroes undertake their own social regeneration means first that the negro be given the ballot on the same terms as other men to protect him against injustice and to safeguard his interests in the administration of law secondly that through education and social organization he be trained to work and save and earn a decent living but these are not all wealth is not the only thing worth accumulating experience and knowledge can be accumulated and handed down and no people can be truly rich without them can the negro do without these can this training and work and thrift be truly effective without the guidance of trained intelligence and deep knowledge without that same efficiency which has enabled modern peoples to grapple so successfully with the problems of the submerged tenth there must surely be among negro leaders the philanthropic impulse the uprightness of character and strength of purpose but there must be more than these philanthropy and purpose among blacks as well as among whites must be guided and curbed by knowledge and mental discipline knowledge of the forces of civilization that make for survival ability to organize and guide those forces and realization of the true meaning of those broader ideals of human betterment which may in time bring heaven and earth a little nearer this is social power it is gotten in many ways by experience by social contact by what we loosely call the chances of life but the systematic method of acquiring and imparting it is by the training of youth to thought power and knowledge in the school and college and that group of people whose mental grasp is by heredity weakest and whose knowledge of the past is for historic reasons most imperfect that group is the very one which needs above all for the talented of its youth this severe and careful course of training especially if they are expected to take immediate part in modern competitive life 
if they are to hasten the slower courses of human development and if the responsibility for this is to be in their own hands three things american slavery gave the negro the habit of work the english language and the christian religion but one priceless thing it debauched destroyed and took from him and that was the organized home for the sake of intelligence and thrift for the sake of work and morality this home life must be restored and regenerated with newer ideals how the normal method would be by actual contact with a higher home life among his neighbors but this method the social separation of white and black precludes a proposed method is by schools of domestic arts but valuable as these are they are but subsidiary aids to the establishment of homes for real homes are primarily centres of ideals and teaching and only incidentally centres of cooking the restoration and raising of home ideals must then come from social life among negroes themselves and does that social life need no leadership it needs the best possible leadership of pure hearts and trained heads the highest leadership of carefully trained men such are the arguments for the negro college and such is the work that atlanta university and a few similar institutions seek to do we believe that a rationally arranged college course of study for men and women able to pursue it is the best and only method of putting into the world negroes with ability to use the social forces of their race so as to stamp out crime strengthen the home eliminate degenerates and inspire and encourage the higher tendencies of the race not only in thought and aspiration but in everyday toil and we believe this not simply because we have argued that such training ought to have these effects or merely because we hope for such results in some dim future but because already for years we have seen in the work of our graduates precisely such results as i have mentioned successful teachers of teachers intelligent and upright ministers skilled physicians principals of industrial schools businessmen and above all makers of model homes and leaders of social groups out from which radiate subtle but tangible forces of uplift and inspiration the proof of this lies scattered in every state of the south and above all in the half unwilling testimony of men disposed to decry our work between the negro college and industrial school there are the strongest grounds for cooperation and unity it is not a matter of mere emphasis for we would be glad to see ten industrial schools to every college it is not a fact that there are to-day too few negro colleges but rather that there are too many institutions attempting to do college work but the danger lies in the fact that the best of the negro colleges are poorly equipped and are to-day losing support and countenance and that unless the nation awakens to its duty ten years will see the annihilation of higher negro training in the south we need a few strong well-equipped negro colleges and we need them now not to-morrow unless we can have them and have them decently supported negro education in the south both common school and industrial is doomed to failure and the forces of social regeneration will be fatally weakened for the college to-day among negroes is just as truly as it was yesterday among whites the beginning and not the end of human training the foundation and not the capstone of popular education strange is it not my brothers how often in america those great watchwords of human energy be strong know thyself hitch your wagon to a star how often these die away into dim whispers when we face these seething billions of black men and yet do they not belong to them are they not their heritage as well as yours can they bear burdens without strength 
know without learning and aspire without ideals are you afraid to let them try fear rather in this our common fatherland lest we live to lose those great watchwords of liberty and opportunity which yonder in the eternal hills their fathers fought with your fathers to preserve end of section fifty end of masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson